athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Let's go. You're locked in to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. Praying right now for those in Louisiana, in Texas, and other states affected by Hurricane Delta. So we're going to continue to pray for those uh, uh, folks, this uh, catastrophic hurricane. It's a little bit after 7 in the east, 4 p.m. out west. And we've got a lot to get to today on the program. Got a good show for you today here on From the Press Box to press row. Hope you enjoyed last week's show where we were able to catch up with Rod Broadway, again, former head football coach, North Carolina A&T Grambling and North Carolina Central won uh, HBCU National Championships with all three schools. Another HBCU legend going to join us today on the program. And I'm going to tell you how cool this is. Like, it's cool. This Be able to host this show is cool to be able to do what it is um, that I'm able to do each and every week is really, really cool. So I'm thinking and we're, we're going to talk. Uh, I'm going to give you some headlines uh, and ask you, what do you think some of the bigger headlines are as it relates to HBCU sports in 2020? I mean, there's a lot going on. So one of the bigger headlines, obviously, is the hiring of Deion Sanders by Jackson State as its head football coach. That happened about three weeks ago or so. So I'm driving, I'm like, it's about an hour and a half ago. I'm driving, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about that. We've talked about this. Like I I gave you my viewpoint last week. I, I've given my viewpoint on this. But I said, you know, I want to get a different perspective on this. Someone that played for Jackson State, legendary player for Jackson State. Uh, as again, we had Rod Broadway on. We're going to have another HBCU legend on the program today. So I, again, I said, okay, we, you know, let, 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 let's get a different perspective about this thing. Someone that's an alum of Jackson State played there, was a great player there, played, as a matter of fact, back in the 70s with Walter Payton. And I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call. So I, I, I give this gentleman a call. He's like, hey, you know, I, I've had him on the show a couple of times in the past. Give him, give him a call. He says, hey, no problem. I can be ready uh, in a little while. And so we're gonna be joined. And, and, I mean, I just think that's so cool. Like we're gonna be joined by Robert Brazil, Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
HBCU legend, 10 seasons in the National Football League, all with the Houston Oilers, was a phenomenal player. Like, it took him too long to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He finally got there. I think it was last year or a couple of years ago. It took way too long. But Robert Brazil, former Jackson State star, Pro Football Hall of Famer, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As I mentioned, I'm going to talk about a couple of things as it relates to HBCU sports uh, in the year 2020 with COVID-19. So definitely going to talk about some of those things um, on the program. I, I want to start here, though. Uh, let me start here. Like, we've got a game five tonight, L.A. and Miami. The Lakers lead three games to one. Lakers lead three games. We got to be specific because I, I think a lot of people thought it would be, when you say L.A., I think a lot of people thought it would be the Clippers. Who knew that the Clippers not only wouldn't have faced the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I think everybody was looking forward to that. I think the, the Clippers were looking ahead after a 3-1 lead against Denver. Uh, but listen, I, I think the Lakers are going to close it out tonight. I, I, I'm, I'll i be honest with you. After the Lakers went up two games to none, I thought, I thought it may be a sweep. I didn't see any way especially with the injuries. I mean, you talk about a Drogic not being there uh, for the Heat, I and mean, that's really, really big. And ultimately, Jimmy Butler, a 40-point triple-double performance in Game 3 and really propelled the Heat. And so you, you thought they had a bit of a chance and then ultimately really ran out of gas in Game 4. Like, they just don't have the horses, uh, the depth uh, in the fourth quarter like the Lakers do, especially when you have two-star players. Like, I mean, the Heat has a really good team. I think Eric Spolstra's done an absolutely phenomenal job. I mean, we talk about coaching jobs, and we we think about, when you think about Eric Spolstra, you think about those days with LeBron, with Dwayne Wade, with Chris Bosh, winning a couple of championships, probably should have won more. And remember, uh, by the way, I know, LeBron a little bit anxious. You think back to 2011 when the Heat up two games to one and then the Mavericks roared back to win the next three and ultimately win that title. And he wants to do this for Lakerland. Like he's, he did it with the Heat. Uh, and To even get to the finals in Cleveland, uh, I think, was, was pretty special uh, the first time around. And then ultimately, even with the guys, I mean, he had a decent team. But, I mean, when you look at that Golden State team, 2016 I mean that was a team uh and ultimately Cleveland won that behind LeBron but he wants to do this for LA big time market uh basketball legacy Magic Johnson Kareem Abdul-Jabbar etc 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 so you know he wants to get this done and close that thing out tonight and and you know if you're you know if you're the NBA like I you know on 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 another show um that I host I talked about this last week, like the NBA, why is the NBA going head up against the National Football League, like with games on Sunday? And I'm not even talking about the NBA finals. I'm talking about even going back to the playoffs to the point there was, I don't know if it was week, maybe week one or week two in the National Football League. There was like a 1230 NBA game. Like nobody's watching that game, right? But 
ultimately, I know the NBA is like, let's because I mean, I, I think if Miami wins, then Sunday, it, it, it does become a little bit more intriguing. Maybe you'll have a couple of more viewers. But I mean, I'm, you know, uh, to go up against the uh, National Football League and, and I get it. It generally would not have happened. This series would have been played in June, but probably not the wisest of moves. To me, I would have gone Thursday, Tuesday. Uh, no, I would have gone, excuse me, Thursday, Saturday. I'd go up against college football over the National Football League Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. Just like that. No Friday game. I mean, if Friday's cool now, I mean, if we were talking about in a non-COVID environment, then Friday's not cool uh, because a lot of people probably are not going uh, to be watching, generally speaking, on a Friday night, which is why the NBA has has uh, stayed away from Friday night games in the past. I, I, I want to get to another thing. Again, joining us a little bit later on in the program, Pro Football Hall of Famer, HBCU legend, Jackson State alum, uh, Robert Brazil going to join us on the program. I gotta, I, I'm a big Washington football fan. Like, I'm a huge Washington football fan, so I've got to talk Washington football and the quarterback situation. If, you know, Ron Rivera is a proven coach in the National Football League. Now, I must say, a couple of things that have happened this year when you're talking about the Washington football team leaving timeouts uh, when, when when, when the team is losing on the board going back a couple of weeks ago. And then I thought not kicking the field goal uh, in the game uh, on Sunday, down three scores with about, I think it was maybe six, five minutes remaining, something like that. You kick the field goal, there's going to be a 40-some yarder. You're That's good. Now you're down two possessions with some time remaining and timeouts. I, I didn't like that. He he says with the timeouts, and I'm sure with that play, well, the game was over. Well, it's it's not over. You know, it's not over until it is over. But, if he's if he says it's cool and the Washington football team wins games, then I'm cool with it. I had a chance to listen to his presser as he when he made the announcement, talked a lot about where the team was in terms of in the division. The East the East Division continues to be bad. The leader of the division right now, the Eagles at one, two, and one. Had the Eagles lost, it'd have been 0 3 and 1. Washington football team in Dallas would have been tied at 1-2, and two, and then the, the Giants are abysmal at 0-4. So it's an opportunity there from what he's saying for the team to sort of turn it around a little bit. You know, I mean, I, when I look at Dwayne Haskins, there's nothing, in, in going back to last year, there's nothing that says to me that indicates that he's going to be a special or elite quarterback in the National Football League. That's, that doesn't mean he's he can't be decent or serviceable. But again, remember, this is a team that moved up in the draft in 2000, in, in last year, last year's draft, 2019, to draft him. And when you look at the last four games of the season in 2019, he showed some promise of possibly being pretty good. Now, what the coaching staff will say, he and Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, will say, well, he didn't have any you know, reps. None of, the, none of the team had reps. I mean, Kyle Allen, for all intents and purposes, was a rookie last year. Started off great, great, like what, 12, interception, or 12 touchdowns 
in his first however many games, and it didn't end too well. But listen, if it's going to make the team win, if it's a shot in the arm that they feel like the team needs, then that's fine. I just don't think you – I think it's now a wasted pick, and I just don't think – I don't know and don't think you can ever go back to Dwayne Haskins now as your quarterback. I think the damage is done. He's a young guy. Remember, he was he was mad draft day because he felt like a bunch of teams passed him over, and he said he was going to show the league. Well, I think Ron Rivera and the Washington football team is showing him right now as he is going to be deactivated for the game against the Rams on Sunday. More of the program on the other side. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine. Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original orange teriyaki and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. From the press box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports leader. Still to come here on from the press box to press row, Pro Football Hall of Famer Robert Brazil going to join us on the program. Also going to give my thoughts and talk about some of the bigger stories 2020 as it relates to HBCU sports. It's been a tough year all the way around. Tough year for HBCU sports. You know, the 2020 has been a most difficult year to say the least. A lot of people have passed away due to COVID-19, people passing away. Generally speaking, you look at more recently here, Eddie Van Halen uh, passed away earlier this week. So it's been a very difficult year in uh, 2020. No question about that. From an HBCU sports perspective, what has been the biggest story other than COVID-19 affecting football, affecting homecomings? Like, that's... That's sort of the thing, right? Like, you know, 
it's all about the culture. You know, the, the, the HBCU culture is a lot of fun. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you, you talk about those homecomings. And by the way, hopefully, hopefully you'll donate in lieu of going to a homecoming. If you're able to donate to your respective university, you will do that, especially in these times. I know that uh, quite a few of the institutions have like a virtual homecoming coming up and support that. Even if you're not able to attend it or log on, support it from a financial standpoint. You know, it's interesting because the other day I was reading in CNN Money. It, it was a very fascinating article, as a matter of fact. Um, matter of fact, the name of the article HBCUs are missing an investment opportunity reserved for predominantly white universities. And the article really talked about these venture capital firms that make these investments in universities, mostly predominantly white universities. And that's how a lot of these universities are able to build their endowments. A lot of them using these venture capital firms. I think one of the uh, the article also highlighted uh, says more than 80 percent of venture capital firms don't have a single black investor and only two percent of venture venture capital partners are black. So, it, you know, I, I think it doesn't even register, although we've seen a lot of gifts during this COVID-19. We've seen a lot of gifts to HBCUs. I mean, it's a way by HBCUs making an investment in venture capital firms get a return on that investment and that's how a lot of these schools I mean I was reading what Harvard Yale have I, I don't it was it 40 billion dollar um, endowments I mean that's <laughs> that's a lot of money and so you know I hope we see some of the venture and, and it's a I mean there's a risk now there's no question about it you got to have a little bit of capital to be able to make the investment, to get the return on the investment. So there's no doubt that there is definitely a risk involved with that. They mentioned, the, the article mentioned Hampton because Hampton, that's something that Hampton does. I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was another uh, HBCU that may be involved uh, in that as well. But the article also went on to say, which I thought was extremely interesting as well, that, HBCUs have, I think it was $15,000 on average in endowment per student. So if you take the largest HBCU in terms of enrollment, and that being North Carolina A&T at in excess of, at least pre-COVID, at in excess of 10,000 students, well, that if, if you equated the average $15,000 per student, that's an an endowment of about $150 million. If you use just using A&T as, as an example, I don't know if that's what the endowment is at North Carolina A&T, but that's low 15,000. When you're looking at a comparable non HBCU, you know what a comparable non HBCU uh, endowment per student is $410,000. $15,000 to $410,000. And I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a risk there. I'm not, you know, I, I just maybe, you know, our schools need to look into this a little bit more. I think 
when you talk about HBCU, you talk about the, I mean, we talk about the culture and missing homecomings and all those kind of things. I mean, those are great. And those are things, you know, obviously that, that, that are fun, but some of our schools, quite a few of our schools, as a matter of fact, are in trouble. So, uh, you know, I think it starts with us as alumni giving back to our schools. I think it also starts with us as alumni. Uh, if we have a, a you know a business, uh, you know, giving giving back to our school, other schools, but also uh, almost demanding that businesses that we patronize also giving back to either our HBCUs, HBCU entities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So now while we talk a lot about sports from an HBCU perspective on from the press box to press room and have done so for 15 years, I mean, it's about HBCUs as a whole. And, you know, I mean, I think the venture capital way to go, it's, it's, it, it can be risky, um, but at the same time, it can be ultra, ultra rewarding. So I hope that, um, you know, maybe some of our schools will take more advantage of that. And I invite you to Google the article it was in CNN.com business and maybe CNN.com, uh, Google CNN.com HBCU venture capital. And it'll, it'll probably come up. So let me get back to the point I was making before about what are some of the biggest stories sports wise uh, in the world of HBCUs this year so far? I mean, was it North Carolina A&T announcing that it was making the move to the Big South? I mean, I think that started off the year that announcement made in February. I think that really started off the year, started off the year with a bang. And that was only, I mean, I know not HBCU, but that was only what the week after uh, Kobe Bryant uh, was killed in the helicopter accident. So I mean, <laughs> 2020, I'm telling you 2020, I mean, it, it, it has been absolutely brutal. Was it the fact that Florida A&M decided to leave the MEAC also to join the SWAC, which as we've talked about on this program, like makes a lot of sense I mean, when you talk about from a historical standpoint, the uh, fam you used to be in the SIAC, right? So played a lot of those SWAC schools back in the day and a lot of natural rivalries. I mean, I think even more so than natural rivalries, you're talking about fan bases. Um, uh, because at the end of the day, I think when you look at the MEAC as a whole from top to bottom, in the SWAC, the fan bases, especially when it relates to football are stronger now the football at least this year or at least in years past I think is better from top to bottom in the MEAC than the SWAC but that's I mean that's going to change I mean that's definitely going to change you're talking about now six HBCUs that play football and not and, and, and it's good football but now you're talking about taking maybe coming into this season the two best programs in HBCU football or two of the best because I mean you know Old Corn State can make an argument Bowie State can make an argument based upon what happened last year but at least if you're talking about two of the strongest uh certainly in the MEAC you're talking about Florida A&M and A&T both leaving the conference after this year even I mean are we even going to play football in the spring there's 
you know, there's talk of spring football. As a matter of fact, the SWAC already has its schedule out, has had its schedule out for some time now in terms of the matchups. I think I, I forget how many games, how many conference games there are, but there's the SWAC schedule that's out. Um, those money games going to be off the table now because all of the FBS conferences are either playing or slated to play soon. So I think those, you know, those those money games going to be off the table. Um, the MEAC, as a matter of fact, going to play its first ever and maybe only at least for a time being, for the time being, uh, football championship going to take place uh, the weekend of April 16th through 18th. What about Deion Sanders? That's a huge story. Deion Sanders as the new head football coach uh, at Jackson State. I, I think one of the ones, I mean, it didn't go under the radar, but I mean, it, it was big at the time. But I mean, when you when we're talking about some of what we're talking about now, how about Mo Williams hire at Alabama State as its new head men's basketball coach? So a lot of stories um, and I want to alert you guys to something that's happening. The HBCU virtual tailgate is going to begin on Saturday. It's going to happen from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be on uh, broadcast on Facebook Live or shown on Facebook Live on the Facebook, the athletic Facebook pages, live pages of Alabama State, who's going to be featured on Saturday. North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, Southern, and Howard University also going to be featured. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a part of this. Um, again, it kicks off on Saturday. You can watch on the Facebook Live pages, again, of A&T, FAMU, uh, Alabama State, Howard, and Southern. I, I'm excited. I'm going to bring you some of these topics that we're talking about right now, and this is going to be a five-week deal highlighting Alabama State. As a matter of fact, going to have also an interview with Alabama State Athletics Director Jennifer Lynn, who has been doing an awesome job at Alabama State, is doing a lot of big things, has been uh, get, gotten awards from NACTA, et cetera. So looking forward to that interview as well. And it's going to be for five weeks, 11 to 1, on the respective Facebook pages of the institutions that I mentioned. Looking forward to it. Uh, one, one of the other uh, hosts, Terrence J., of course, of BET 106 in Park fame. He's an A&T grad. Kelly Wells, a, um, a former Olympic medalist back in 2012, a Hampton grad. Um, you know, I'm a Morgan grad, so it's an HBCU thing. Very excited to be a part of it. And uh, you can log on again for more information on our Twitter and Facebook pages as well. But on the Facebook Live pages on Saturday, 11 to 1 Eastern, a&T, FAMU, Bama State, or Alabama State, that is, Howard, and Southern. We're going to talk Deion Sanders, Jackson State, and the National Football League with Pro Football Hall of Famer Robert Brazil next. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Robert Brazil played 10 seasons in the National Football League, all with the Houston Oilers, a former first-round draft pick in 1975 out of Jackson State. NFL defensive rookie 
of the year, known as Dr. Doom and a 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee. As Robert Brazil joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Robert, welcome back to the program. Glad to have, glad to be back, man. How y'all doing up there? You know, we uh, down here in Mobile, you know, we all looking to see which way this weather's going to go. Uh, the storm that, you know, you get through with one, and before you can pick up the leaves and pull all the, the uh, limbs out of your yard, you're looking at another one coming at you. So I hope y'all are safe wherever you are. Yeah, we are. And yeah. We're, we're praying for you uh, and yours and, and those in Texas and, and uh, Louisiana uh, also, you're right. It's like it's just one after the other. So praying that you're safe. And, and and speaking of safe, how are you and your family getting along in this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, when it all started, you know, uh, luckily you, know, you got somebody that loves you and wants the best for you. Me and my wife sit down and, you know, we said that to each other. She said to me, she said, Robert, I know you got a lot of things you got to do, a lot of places and a lot of people want to see you. But we got to put all our personal things on hold right now. It's about me and you. It's about you not taking something or bringing something to the house or taking something away from the house to give to someone. You know, when I got an eight or eight-year-old mother and father still living and kids out in this world, we had to just put everything at a hold and say, this is what we need to do. We need to practice to save habits. And that's what we've been doing. Luckily, we've been great as of today. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing and very well said. So I got to ask a number of different things I want to talk with you about, and I appreciate you making time, especially on such short notice. So your alma mater is Jackson State. Your thoughts on the hiring of Deion Sanders as the new head football coach? You know, uh, Deion gave me a call prior to the Monday when he announced that he was going to accept the job at Jackson State. But I thought, you know, you see everything on uh, – Facebook and every other place, I thought it was just a rumor. But when I got that telephone call, I, the first thing come out of my mouth was, it's not a rumor, huh? He said, no, it's not, Robert. I am going to uh, take the job. And I said, Dion, I, you know, you, you, you not only made me happy, you got people, you know, that's all over the world that's going to be so grateful for what you have done for Jackson State and not only Jackson State, the whole conference. And, you know, you're just going to bring the recognition and the love that we need to bring us back in the spotlight. You know, this this is another alternative. This is another place where kids can go and get an opportunity to get an education and get possibly get a gold jacket like Ron Brazil if they wanted to. So yeah. thank you, man. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing. If he called you, I mean, obviously he, he would out of respect. I mean, you're one of the greatest to ever do it um, at, at Jackson State. So I'm sure you know him. I mean, what what kind of job? I mean, what, what are some of the things? I mean, he's never been a head coach before, which is which is not the end all be all. But what are some of the intangibles other than the publicity you think he brings to the table and brings to Jackson State? Knowledge of the game. You know, knowledge of the game. Dion is a gold jacket himself. You know, you just don't get a gold jacket just because your last name is Brazil or your last name is Sanders. You got some things that you have done to to be able to for people to say you are deserving of this jacket. So what he brings to the table, you know, uh, I told, you know, other people that asked me the same question. When I went to Jackson State, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that on my coaching staff was three professional 
NFL football player that had played in the league. Bob Hill, my head coach, had played with the Baltimore Colts. Ben McGee had played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Robert Hughes, my linebacker coach, had played with the Atlanta Falcons. When you got these guys telling you the ups and the downs and, you know, the, the good and the bad, the things that you need to do, you know, that, that's an advantage. I mean, you know, I think I had the advantage of saying, Coach, what about this situation? Come here, Robin, let me show you what about it instead of just telling you they can show you what to do. That the voice of Pro Football Hall of Famer, Robert Brazil, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, Robert is a Jackson State alum. And speaking of Jackson State, what do you remember most about those days at Jackson State in the 70s and in the, in the early to mid-70s? I'm sure some great days and I'm sure great camaraderie. You mentioned the coaches, some great players also there that played with you at Jackson State. Well, you know, uh, I had left Mobile and, and got, went over to Jackson State and I thought that was one of the biggest things in the world that could happen to me. Away from home, young and around people that really cared about you. I mean, you know, it wasn't, I didn't fear nothing, but I also wasn't scared of nothing because you had so many people telling you what to do in the right way. I think the the HBC uh, experience, I think every kid should, should get that experience. I mean, you know, you're around people that's your age, you're around people that want something, but I fell in with, I guess, with some of the best group of guys that could ever, ever, you know, put on a football uniform. My teammates during that time, we talked about at least 14 different professional football players that played in the NFL. You know, my, my buddy Ricky Young, my buddy Walter Payton, John Tate, Andy Payton, Vernon Pierce, Don Reese, all these guys got professional football uh a contract from, from a little small school named Jackson State. But we put in the work. We put in the time. We had so much fun. And we all enjoyed it. It was like, you know, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a task for us. It was, a, it was fun for us to go through that. Yeah, no no question about it. You mentioned some some big-time names there. And I'm sure you and, and Walter Payton went head up in practice quite a few times. It was first blood. You know, it was blood in the water. It was blood. His blood in the water. Walter know that I was gonna, I was gonna take his head off, and I knew Walter was gonna try to take my head off. But that made us good. That made us better. That made us, you know, you know, we was warriors at each other. But we all so loved each other. We didn't take the cheap shot. We made each other better. I mean, head up. It's times I went home mad. Yes, I, I can't sit here and lie. I was mad at him because he had a better day. <laughs> you know, I never forget the time. Uh, we played against the Bears. I didn't, in uh, the Bears came to Houston. I was with the Allers at that time, and Walter was going for the uh, league record of 200 yards per game, and I didn't give it to him. I, he couldn't come to Astrodome and get that. He know he could not get 200 yards on me. After the game, he wouldn't even speak to me. <laughs> he I would was... not speak to me. My wife took me by the hand and took me up on the bus. So y'all cut this out. Y'all know y'all love each other. Y'all got y'all can't end it like this. And we both hugged. We both cried. He went his way because I knew what was in him. He just that winning attitude. That was that. I you know I, I you know I got defeated today. And you can't live with that if you're an athlete. 
So he had to come back with the next week. I know he was going to get 200 on whoever he played at SMO because I didn't give him a 36 that day. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Robert Brazil, Pro Football Hall of Famer, joining us here on the program's 10 successful le- uh, seasons for you in the National Football League. I mean, all pro. From 1970, uh, from the time you entered the league until 1980, I mean that's 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 awesome. Uh, what a, what about that and 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 being able? I mean, you had a lot of success, especially early on. And by the way, let me be more specific: the three-four defense. Like I think a lot of people may uh, attribute that in the pass rushing from the linebacker, uh, maybe more so to Lawrence Taylor. But that that's something that uh, you were uh, more successful at even before LT? Well, you know, uh, a lot of people say that, but LT will tell you that himself. <laughs> you know, I had the opportunity to meet LT when he was still in college. You know, my agent at the time was Gene Burroughs and Jerry Argovich. They also wanted to sign Lawrence Teller. Lawrence would not sign until me and him had a good conversation or he got a chance to meet me. So I flew out of Houston up to his college and we sit down and had about two or three hours just he just buzzed my brain, not knowing this guy was going to take my game to another level, which he did. You know, I got to get lost till he took my game and every other outside linebacker to The guy was possessed. He's LT. He was the best. And I give it to him with all hope. But when it was time for me to be uh, selected to the Hall of Fame, one of the uh, sports writers went to Lawrence Taylor, and Lawrence Taylor said that he wanted Robert Brazil was me before I was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how deep that was, you know, so just let it be. Yeah, no no question about it. And I, I, you know, you and I have talked before, so I won't I won't belabor the point in terms of um of of, of how long it took you to to uh be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I will say this, I will throw this out there. Uh NFL rookie uh, of a defensive rookie of the year, seven-time Pro Bowler, five time first team all pro 100 tackles or more in every year 10 seasons and all decades in the 70s so those numbers speak for themselves that aside what did it finally mean to you to be inducted into the pro football hall of fame in 2018 well you know that was one of the words when you become a a older guy senior like i was at the time my parents i guess jerry kramer said it you know i told jerry man he was sitting there we're both seniors nominees for the Hall of Fame. I said, Jerry, I'm so happy because, you know what, my parents, which was 85 at the time, will be able to witness this. Jerry said, I was hoping my children get a chance to see me go. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it, it, it brings tears when you have this because, you know, as an athlete, you know, you, you, you don't have that choice to say, I'm going to just walk in the Hall of Fame, you know. You're at the mercy of the, 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 the committee and the people that select you. And it took them, what I say, a long time, but the right time for me to get in. And I, you know, I cherish for the rest of my life. You know, I have a new home now. I only live, I stay over here in Satsuma, Alabama, but my new home is in Kenton, Ohio. Awesome. Last thought with Robert Brazil, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and we appreciate the time. I mean, when you were playing in the National Football League, I mean, it wasn't a big deal to have a lot of guys that played at HBCUs in the National Football League. That that was common. Uh, n- not so much 
nowadays. However, I think you're seeing more of a resurgence of that and some really good players. I want to get your thoughts on third-year Colts linebacker Darius Leonard out of South Carolina State. Well, you know, you got some more Darius out there. You know, they just haven't been discovered. And I think what we've just done at Jackson State, people like Dion and the media going to give that other kid that could have the same opportunity as Darius had, you know? So we're hoping that what he has done for the HBCU, that these people start considering that it is still some athlete because I'm going to put it like this, and I've been saying it the whole while. If Dion need a top athlete, I mean, we're going to take, for instance, you. You got a senior coming out of college, I mean, high school this year. And uh, we're very interested. The guy can play. You know, he hasn't been, you know, been offered all types of scholarships to Mississippi State or Ole Miss. But we say, can we have a chance? We're going to say, I'm, uh, Dion calls you up and says, look, we're coming to visit, but I'm bringing a couple of my friends with me. Would you, boy, would you mind if Robert Brazil or Jackie Slater and a couple of my gold jacket friends come talk to your son about going to Jackson State? Would you consider us coming by? Would you give us the opportunity? What would you say? How many people are going to say no? Correct. <laughs> I say, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I think that we could do as a group and as a whole. Because there's a lot of people like Gramlin. If Doug wanted somebody, wanted me to go visit somebody, they wanted that Gramlin, I would do the same for him. Down at Gramlin and at the Alcorn, you know. But you know my love. I love D. Jackson State. So I'm going to talk about on the side. Can you think about Jackson State? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Robert Brazil, again, 10 years in the National Football League, all with the Houston Oilers, former NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, former first-round draft pick, 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, then known as Dr. Doom, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Always great to catch up with you, Robert. Continue uh, to be safe, and we'll talk with you real soon. Hey, man, thank you for everything you do for the conference and Jackson State and people like us. We need your help, and if you ever need me, give me a buzz call, you know. I I think you called me about two hours ago, and I said, let's do it. Come on with it. So let's have fun, man. Absolutely. You sure did. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great story from Robert Brazil joining us here on the program. Great stories about those days at Jackson State, and that was a really good story that he mentioned about Walter Payton, uh, Payton not getting those 200 yards against Robert Brazil and that Houston Oilers defense. And he made a good point in terms of, because again, when you think about it back in the day, guys played at HBCUs. And so the, it, today it's a lot different, but I think to the point, and we're going to talk more about Deion Sanders and, and his hire uh, there at Jackson State. Um, he, he, because of his notoriety, he can bring some of those guys out. He can go into some of the, the houses of those four- and five-star recruits that have eluded HBCUs for so many years. I mean, a lot of three-star kids will come to the schools. You get a bunch of two-star kids. Um, obviously, you're, you're, you're looking at different levels of football if you're talking about an FBS and an FCS program, but what about like FCS programs? Uh, Jackson State, you know, up uh, against, for instance, uh, a, a Furman, if you will, uh, in, in terms of 
being on that FCS level and, you know, how much does that sway a kid when a Deion Sanders can bring a Jackie Slater or or Robert Brazil into a, a, a home? Now, the thing about it, the, the parents have to remember, you know, those players. I mean, Jackie Slater was a little bit more recent, Robert Brazil a little older, but obviously Deion Sanders, not only a player in the National Football League in of himself, but just has been on NFL Network. He's had... Uh, reality television shows, so he's been in, he's continues to be in the spotlight. So, uh, you know, trying to get back to the days when a lot of great players played at HBCUs. If you want to react to anything that Robert Brazil had to say, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one or my personal Instagram account, at WareDonald, W-A-R-E-D-O-N-A-L. We'll have more uh, from the press box to press row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM on the other side. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends, and you should too. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Box to Row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us on the conversation via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. In the last segment, talking with Pro Football Hall of Famer Robert Brazil here on the program. We were talking about a number of different things and talking about the hire of Deion Sanders Robert Brazil absolutely loves to hire, said that uh, Primetime contacted him prior to the actual announcement. 
Uh, and so a, a article, as a matter of fact, was in the Clarion Ledger. Uh, I think it was either Thursday or Friday that stated that uh, Deion Sanders and his uh, entertainment agency representation is in talks with a television uh, or in talks really to develop a television show around him being the head football coach at Jackson State. And I guess you knew, I mean, you should have known that that was coming. And my, by the way, the show that he had on, that was on OWN, it was actually pretty entertaining. Like we used, it used to come on Saturday evenings, I believe. And I used to watch it every week. It showed sort of a different side of prime time. You know, if you're a Jackson State fan, how do you feel about this? Do you feel that this is overkill? I mean, obviously, you know, especially in this particular situation, I think all publicity is good publicity. All publicity isn't always good publicity. But in this case, it is because it's generating awareness for Jackson State, for the SWAC, for HBCUs, but he hasn't coached a game yet. And, I mean, I, I think... The thought process is that because he's Deion Sanders and because you can go out and get some of these recruits that maybe other schools can't get, that you're going to have some success. Uh, you're going to have some talent. It's no question about that. But I mean, I again, you know, as I said last week and I've said in the past, I'm going to pump the brakes on crowning Jackson State SWAC champions until we actually play in the SWAC is scheduled to play in the springtime. I, I, you know, again, I mean, you know, Alcorn State has won the SWAC championship the last couple of years. Okay, it's been close in terms of winning the HBCU national championship. You know, falling to A&T a couple of times. I mean, again, Grambling right there. Alabama State, Alabama A&M, I think, going to be on the rise. Southern, you can't count Southern out. Prairie View A&M, I think, is going to be improved this year as well. So I'm not, you know, again, I'm not crowning them, but I mean, you know, it's good, right? But if you don't have that success, that's needed because Jackson State is starving. It, it, like, really, there's no reason why Jackson State shouldn't have success. You have history. You have uh, a, a great program. By the way, uh, Jackson State, had uh, plenty of APR issues in the early part of the 2000s up until really about 2013 or so has turned things around. It it went from being an APR casualty, right, to being one of the models for how you can turn having a bad APR around. You have that. You have strong alumni support. I mean, in the SWAC and really – I would say across HBCUs, when you look at fan bases that travel, it's between Jackson State and Southern in terms of the best traveling fan bases. I think I think A&T is good. Uh, North Carolina A&T, that is. I think Alcorn State is good. I think Tennessee State uh, is good. Used to be better. Not Not to say it's not good, but I think it's good. But when you talk about premier fan bases that travel, Jackson State and Southern. So you have a lot of support from the Jackson State alum. You need a little time. I mean, you need a little time to establish a program. I think also uh, when you look at it, this is the first time around that prime time is going to be a coach, right? So he's going to need a little bit 
of time. But I think some of these things, the possibility of a reality show, I mean, like if they're discussing the possibility of a reality show, there's going to be a reality show. I'll, we'll see. I don't know, like professional football, you have the hard knocks. And even with the, matter of fact, the, the I believe, it, I can't remember if it was Alabama or Mississippi, the community college was last chance you, right? So it's not like, you know, these things haven't happened with football where you have cameras following you around and it's reality television and all those type of things. I just, I don't know that you see it a whole lot on the college level and we'll see. Can't do anything really but help, but I know that that program needs to uh, be going and moving in the right direction. Hardcore alums want to see Jackson State have that success before we get out of here on from the press box to press row as a reminder i'm super excited about the hbcu virtual tailgate series begins tomorrow airs from 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern that's 8 a.m to 10 a.m pacific time you can watch on facebook live on the athletic facebook pages of alabama state who will be featured on tomorrow uh, North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, Howard, and Southern. Excited to be up uh, w- with Terrence J, A&T grad who, of course, hosted one, uh, uh, 106 on, and Park on BET at one time with Kelly Wells, who I had on the program. We had on this program back in 2012, shortly after she medaled uh, in the 2012 Summer Olympics. So really looking forward to that and inviting you guys to check that out. Out. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, plenty of content. Matter of fact, the interview with Rod Broadway is on our website now. If you missed any of our shows, etc., etc., log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.